Uh, this morning we'll be take we'll take a look at into the issue of the inerrancy and authenticity of our King James Bible. We'll do this by allowing our King James Bible to be our authority as we conduct the side-by-side -side comparison with the modern Bible. We do this to expose the underlying reason is there's an adversary and to manifest his tactics uh, of deception. Okay. Uh, I know this uh, by my studying is that, oh, this. oh, hey, Ricky, There's, they can't hear me. We good? Test, 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 test. Oh. Did anybody hear me? Did I need to? Okay. All right. So, because uh, I've, from what I can see uh, and been around some people, when you say King James Bible, we're talking fighting words, you know what I mean? And I'm not interested in any of that. Uh, there are some King James extremists, you would say, that, um, that do... Uh, kind of stir the pot as far as uh, some of them will say you, you can't get to heaven without a King James Bible. And I'm not going to go out on the limb and say that. Uh, I, I, I've heard and I've studied it through myself that there are enough uh, salvation verses that are in the modern Bible that a person can get uh, saved using a modern Bible. Um, turn with me to First um, Timothy chapter 2. Verse 4 is a verse that we're very familiar with. 1 Timothy 2, 4. And this is a, a verse that, in my mind, is a great example of, of amazing grace because it says the first part of it is, who will have all men to be saved, comma, and, and, and to come into the knowledge of the truth. You can come... You can Get saved using a modern Bible. Coming to the knowledge of the truth is going to be a much harder thing. Um, so uh, that you know that that is a good thing. Getting uh, for the lost person, uh, being understanding that you're lost and how to be saved in Paul's gospel is uh, considered spiritual milk. It's 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 as easy as as he uses the metaphor of milk up going on forward to strong meat. So you can get saved and sealed by the Holy Spirit with the modern Bible. But like I said, coming into the knowledge of the truth is where what we're going to study out this morning and see that it's not, you're going to have quite a uh, hard time. Um, so I would say in a verse, I'll just give you the verse, you don't have to turn to them for the people on the internet that's using a modern Bible. Use your modern Bible for this study, and, and that's fine. Uh, Ephesians 1.7, Ephesians 2.13, and 1 Corinthians 15.1-4. Those are intact in the modern Bible. Um, I have on my phone a modern Bible. If you see me using that today, I'm not checking the scores. I'm using it to look at the modern, I, I'm able to have an app where I can split the screen and, and look at the King James Bible and uh, uh, 
side by side with the uh, modern Bible. So there you go. There, I just want to put that disclaimer out there. Hopefully that puts some people at ease. Um, I was just on the internet and I was looking around uh, on certain topics, what people say, and a couple times I've cut and pasted a verse from the a King James, you know, online Bible and put it on there, and they forget what the topic is. They just come after you just because that sounds like a King James Bible you're using, and therefore you are a, uh, what do you call me, an uh, extreme ignorant cultist. One guy is like, wow, just because I use this Bible, you know what I mean? So anyway, that, that can be the hurdle. So anyway, that's why I wanted to put that out there first. You know, I'm not saying you're going to hell if you use a modern Bible, but we're going to get into the, the knowledge of the truth thing and point out the problem, the hardship you're going to have with the second half of the second, first Timothy 2, 4. Uh, why does it matter? Uh, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11 and 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Hebrews 11, 2 Corinthians 11. Uh, it matters because there's an adversary. Well, I'll just say this while you're turning. The adversary is, of course, Satan, and we don't we we have that in mind when we're uh, looking for a, a reason why should we use this Bible? Is because there is a, there is the, God has promised to preserve His word for us, but in light of there is an adversary, so you need to be concerned, and we know how he attacks his word, God's word, so that's why we have to be on our, uh, dil being diligent. So we should want to know for certain that we have God's word in our hand, because we don't want to be deceived. To be diligent, meaning mindful of the adversary. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, this is, but without faith is it impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We don't diligently seek the Lord like walking around with uh, the blindfold on. We, we seek the Lord through his word. So that's, that's if, uh, Romans 10.17. You don't have to go there, but 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we look when we're dealing with the Word of God, we're dealing with God, and, and that's why we have to be diligent. So, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11, uh, Paul, as he does many times, goes back to the beginning uh, to, as a reminder uh, for us. As verse 3, it says, but I, but I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupt from the simplicity that's in Christ. That, of course, we know is ref referring to Genesis chapter 3, where, this, where the sin nature uh, fell on man uh, through their choice. They decide, decided to believe a lie. Uh, that's, and then we'll look at that in a few minutes here. So the, the believer seeks the Lord through his word, not in the circumstances of our life. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul says we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith in God's word. Okay. So we're going to examine the lie that Paul was referring to there. Um, 
and see, and, and see how this, how all this came about. Um, in, in Genesis chapter three, I'll just read it and then we'll go over this. There's some points I want to make about what what happened here. Um, and gen actually, in Genesis chapter two, verse sixteen, this is where. Um, Genesis 2.16, this is where God told Adam of what he could eat. And at this time, Eve is not around. He hasn't created Eve yet. In verse 16, he says, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. There are a lot of things that... that we can learn in in the beginning that are that can, are established and continue on through time, and this is one of them. This is volition right here. You have a choice. You say you will surely die, but in the the day, well, he says, let me back up. Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. There's a choice there that's volition, and that's established and continues on even till now. Um, I'm going to start uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through 1, 2, and 3. This, now the serpent was more subtle that, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. That's subtle, is a, that's, a, that's a warning there. And he said unto the, to the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden. And there's a question mark there. Another warning. But that's what he does. That's the first thing. Man had God's truth to him, and he questions it. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Uh, go back to um, John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Jesus is referring back to this lie that he just told the woman here. And uh, he, he calls him the, Satan the father of all lies. John eight forty three and 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 forty four. He says, "Why do you not understand my speech?" Jesus talking to some uh, the unbelievers. Even now, e even because you cannot hear my word, you are of your father the devil. For the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and that's where we're at in G in Genesis three. This is the beginning, where the first lie that corrupted man where the sin curse was put on man uh, he says uh, continues on he says and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him when he speaketh a lie he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it he's, he's the father of all lies and when we're in Genesis 3 that's where we're at that's where this began and you can see we're all clear up here in the book of John and he's still referring back to that lie uh, Genesis, I'm going to point out five things here uh, um, from Genesis 3, 1 through 4. 
This is the pattern of the lie program. Satan questions the verses, yea, hath God said. Like I said, notice there is a question mark. Eve subtracts from the word by leaving out the word freely. And, and if you study that out, that is a huge, a huge issue, the word freely not being there. But, but nevertheless, she did take away from the word of God right there. Eve added to the text in verse 3, neither shall you touch it. Because if you look back in Genesis 2, 16, 17, that's never, that was never said. Of course, if you're going to eat it, you're going to touch it. But, but the, uh, the example is that you, don't, you're not, you, you should not add to the word of God. It's a false statement. Eve waters down verse 3 by saying, lest you die in, chap- in, uh, in the verse there. And um, chapter 2, 17 says, surely die. Big difference. Satan denies the scripture by adding not surely die. So God gives up man here. And basically, going like big picture here, if you, he's told man if you want him, talking about the adversary, you can have him. You can have his likeness and you can die like him because that's, that was part of the sin curse. This is Satan's desire to destroy the final authority of the Bible. He uses a competing authority to destroy the final authority. Cast some doubt. This is why you need to be diligent when choosing the right Bible. And that's what we're going to do. So uh, the Bible has, I'm going to approach this a little different than, than what I, uh, some of the studies I've seen. Because this, this can go on for weeks, if not months. And, but there's one, there is something on the surface here that I, I think I can touch on that gives you some clarity. Uh, that the Bible has a built-in security system in the Word of God. Without getting into the manuscript debate, we can still let the Bible speak for itself. The King James Bible is the only Bible that is not copywritten in America. It is in the UK, but in America it's not. All the other versions, all the other modern Bibles are. And they they really uh, step in some things when they, when they don't recognize a couple fundamentals. Number one, every verse in the Bible, in the King James Bible, every verse in the Bible means something to another verse somewhere else in, later on. If you don't understand something, you, bottom line, you just got to keep reading it and you'll, you'll come across it. And that's, that gives the book, the scriptures, continuity where it's said over here, thousands of years, it's said over here to give continuity. Um, all the other versions of the Bible, all the modern Bibles, because of copyright written laws, copyright laws, have to be different, a certain percentage from each other. You'll notice, now, let me say this, the King James Bible comes from the Textus Receptus. The modern Bibles come from a different set of of manuscripts which which they're just different so this isn't different from a modern bible just because these modern bibles differ from themselves because of copywriting laws and they take away they add words they take away words which we just see here in the and what happened in genesis 3 that that's that's where errors happen and those are not just instructions for bible writers they're also instructions for the reader 
pay, pay attention to when you, when you come across things, and, and, and that's what we're going to look at. I had a pamphlet, I don't know what I ever did with it, but it was John Verstegen, and he had some great information on it. He said that every cop copyright laws means that the modern Bibles have to be 10% different from each other. So I wish I had that. But bottom line is I, I, I have research, and they do have to be certain amount of words different. You can't just have a, an NLT reading just like an NIV word for word. That's a violation. So um, I'm going to use four verses. Um, I'll put them on the board. Deuteronomy chapter 4, no, uh, 2, Proverbs 30. Five and six. Second Corinthians two. You don't have to get them. Well, I guess you could look at them. Uh, two. Seventeen. And Revelation. Twenty-two. 18 and 19. We're going to let these verses be our security through, through the standard. They set a standard that if we follow it, we can eliminate and determine which is the right word of, word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. You shall not add unto the word which I commanded you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. They're not adding to the word. Proverbs 30, verse 5 and 6. Proverbs 35 and 6. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he... Reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Second uh, Corinthians chapter two, verse seventeen. This would be the now. These two verses that I just read are, are in the past. I have the past, the present, and the future. This where this standard is 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 uh, being acknowledged. Second Corinthians two seventeen. For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as, in, as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. So even at Paul's time, people were corrupting the word of God. In Revelation 22, verse 18 and 19, we get the same uh, a warning here. Revelation 22, 18 and 19, Jesus speaking... For I, testify, for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in, the, in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in the book. So clearly, 
the standard here is don't add to, don't take away from. As a writer, that would be your, your warrant, that would be your instructions. And for the reader, that's also a, a uh, uh, warning for us. Don't accept that. You should reject um, things like that. Uh, okay, so there's there's two verses, like I said, every every verse in the Bible means something to another verse in the Bible somewhere else. So let's look at First uh, um, uh, Corinthians chapter ten. First Corinthians chapter ten and Numbers chapter twenty. And I want to use the principle of a crossword puzzle to, to show the continuity issue. Because in a, a crossword puzzle, you have a word going across and another word going down. They have to be right, or else it's, you got the wrong word. So I'm going to try my art here. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I mean 10, verse 2. Start with 2, go all the way down to 4. And this is, these two verses, 1 Corinthians 10 and Numbers 20, are talking about the same issue, the same event. And we're, uh, verse 2 it says, And we're all baptized unto Moses in the, in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that, ro that spiritual rock that followed them, and that, and that rock was Christ. So, who's, who, who's the name, what's the name, who's the rock in verse, in that? Christ. Okay, so Numbers chapter 20, talking about the same event. I'm going um, to read from the NLI. I'm going to pick on the, uh, I think it's the NIV. Yeah. Numbers chapter 20. And it's almost the same in every modern Bible that I looked at concerning this. I'll read it from the NIV, verse 8, Numbers 20, verse 8. Take, take the staff. This is uh, God giving Moses some instructions on how to uh, deal with these people who are uh, complaining that they're thirsty. They need water for themselves and their, and their animals. He says, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. Okay? Now, I already have Christ going here. It's not going to work. I-T-S. I got an I right there. But if I use the King James Bible, 
the same verse. Take the rod and gather you the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. Now that works. And I wasn't trying to be cool making a cross. It just worked out that way. But does it matter? Does anybody, would, would any, do you see the point there? Does, does that, I just, uh, you know, knowing what Christ did for you and I, and he shed his blood for you and I, I, I and then you change, you change in Christ to an it's, because they change one verse, but the other verse they leave hanging. So, they step in it right there, you know what I mean? And so that's a big deal. That ought to be a big deal to uh, everybody. Um, so the, all the modern Bibles change, Numbers chapter 20, his water to its water. So that is that. does that violate what these verses are saying here? Don't add to, don't take away from. And you might be just, Adding, a, you're taking away his and adding its, meaning you're destroying that verse and the continuity between the two verses. So that is a clear violation of the standard set for us right there. So, and I've got another one here. This one here, this one I wasn't aware of until, until I was doing this study. And I'll tell you what, this one knocked my toupee off. <laughs> and I haven't seen it since. So, <laughs> so uh, Isaiah chapter 14, a verse uh, 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 that we are all, we've read many times here in this church. Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14. The, I, the five I wills. And so I'm going to read that from the King James verse. It says that uh, verse 12. I'm just going to I'm going to read verse 12. The rest of the verses, all the way down to verse uh, through 15, it's talking about the adversary, the one we're talking about. It's, it's okay. So when he says. How art thou fallen from uh, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, son of the morning? The modern Bibles change that. They drop, they omit, they omit Lucifer, and they put the word, two words, morning star. And uh, Son of the Morning is uh, uh, was Satan's title at that time. This is Prior to his falling, he was a he was a, a he was a cherub. He was a created cherub, and he and he was the cherub that covereth. He was the covered the the throne of God. But when iniquity is fell on him, he fell. So this verse is talking to him prior to his falling. But no doubt about it, he's talking about Lucifer here. And when you put the morning star, okay, um, in a in a NIV, okay. Let's go to Second uh, Peter, chapter one, and Revelation twenty-two. 
2 Peter 1, Revelation 22. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this from an NIV. Um, so, that's where the, the problem is. Everybody ready? Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. He says, now, we also have the prophetic, this is it. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. The morning star that they used to—that's the term they used to—that replaced Lucifer. The morning star here is, is absolutely not talking about Lucifer. Holy cow. And if, you, if, if that isn't enough, Revelation 22, verse 16, it's a done deal. The verse starts, I, comma, I'll, I'll read, I'm reading this out of NIV. It's different. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright morning star. So you omit Lucifer, and you've got two more verses over here using the same term that you used to replace Lucifer, but it's referring to Jesus. That's, that's terrible. Um, now, can anybody think of a time in the Bible where the adversary will be standing in the holy place professing himself to be God and people will believe it. All right. And uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We could go there. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm doing my phone so I can see the modern Bible. Second Thessalonians chapter two. Uh, verse three, four, it says, I'll read the King James. He says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there be there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. No no doubt who we're talking about here. Verse 4, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, if you don't know who Isaiah 14 is talking about, you think it's talking about Jesus, that's kind of the same deception that's going on here. That's the Antichrist. You think it's him. You think it's God. He's professing himself to be God, and it's not. So there's parallels here, especially when you're going to use two other verses that say morning star that you've just used to replace Lucifer. Now, does that violate these principles here? Add to, take away from? It completely, I mean, that just... Now, some of the other versions will say they call them old day star or something like that, but that's because they have, they can't, all of them can't use the same terminology on every verse. 
So you see a lot of modern Bibles will use a different word, but it was clear cut here in the NIV because it uses the uh, morning star three times in three different verses, one of them to replace Lucifer. That's a big deal. So the continuity in that is gone, omitting Lucifer and replacing it with Jesus Christ. Uh, that you destroy that that verse. Another the other one I have is uh, Matthew twenty two and Mark chapter three. Matthew 22, Mark chapter 3. Again, changing the words that will destroy the continuity that's been placed in your Bible. And that's for us to make note of so we will know what to reject. Uh, Matthew 22. Verse, I mean, Matthew 5.22, Matthew 5.22. Okay, Matthew 5.22, he says, But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, be in the danger of thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Now, I'll read you the NIV, that same verse. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. There's something missing there without a cause. So you flip over to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, verse 5. Right there. Mark 3, verse 5. And when he had looked, I'm going to read the, uh, the uh, King James Version. And when he had looked, uh, looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand, and he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. So, the uh, NIV and Matthew said they dropped off. They omitted without a cause. In Mark 3, 5, Jesus was angry, but he had a cause, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. So he hasn't violated that. But if you drop without a cause in your NIV, it says he looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, and it goes on to talk about the miracle he did. But it says he looked around at them in anger. Over there in Matthew, he said anybody who's, who's angry with his brother is in danger of going to hell. 
So, is that a big deal? Did anybody? I mean, does that violate those verses? That's the point. Also, um, if you have a, I'll say, um, I want to say a Catholic Bible. There's other Bibles, Quaker Bibles. I've seen a Quaker Bible. Any Bible that has the Apocrypha in it, uh, those are 15 extra books that were added to the Old Testament that uh, no Jew in, in Israel's history ever acknowledged that as being scripture. They're never part of the received text or the Textus Receptus. Um, let's look at... Um, Luke 24. Luke 24. Around and around, somewhere down there in 42. Verse 44. Luke 24, 44. Jesus, Jesus validates the Old Testament here as, as a completed book. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms. That is a breakdown of the Jewish Bible. The law, the first five books Moses wrote, the prophets, major and minor, and the Psalms. So by doing, notice he doesn't say the law, the prophets, the Psalms, and the Apocrypha. So that Apocrypha violates the standards right here. And uh, I'm pretty sure like-minded people, when it comes to this, we, we, should, we should reject any, any book that violates these. That's why they're in there. We're without a witness, or we, I'm sorry, we have a witness saying you knew better. So why do we, why do we use the King James Bible? I can tell you I, um, we don't use it out of, out of tradition. I know, some, I know people that do use the King James Bible simply because this is what we've always used. This is what, you know, grandma and grandpa used, so this is why we use it. Other than that, they don't know any other reason. Um, an educated decision is, is, is best. So I'm going to give you my conclusion here. I'm going to read um, Psalms 138, verse 2. Psalms 138, verse 2. The only thing God above his name is his word. And he says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. Powerful words. He has, he has promised to preserve his word so that we can have it in, in our language forever. Uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If we can believe man was created from the dust of the earth, we can believe that the flood of Noah happened, that we look forward to a rapture, then we can believe that he will preserve his word inerrant for man to have forever.
through our study, we can see the necessity to be diligent when choosing the correct Bible. Satan, the adversary, operates by corrupting God's word in order to deceive man. His life program started in the beginning. It's among us today, and it will continue into the future when he will meet his demise. Until then, we believers must remain diligent, preserving his word, never accepting compromised copies. We must stand for the truth because it's our responsibility. And I'll close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time we had to study your word. We thank you for your word and giving us your bond that we place our faith in your word for the, and the word that you've preserved. We're just thankful for your son and the, and, and the blessing we have through the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.